The following is a sermon podcast from White Ridge Baptist Church. Oops, it's looped right around there, isn't it? Oh well, we'll just tuck it right there. Why not? Yeah, we're in for a load of laughs this morning, yes. Um, God loves diversity. Amen? Looking at all these uh, flags just reminds me of the cultures and the peoples all around the world and represented in this room. Each of these flags represents people in this room as well. And I praise God for that. I'm just really excited for this morning. Terry, thank you so much for this morning, for the uh, opportunity to share from, you, from God's word. Um, Yeah, I have spent about half of my life either in Asia or trying to get back to Asia or working among East Asian people. So that's where I feel at home, right? So uh, it is a little taste of, foretaste of heaven as uh, as, has already been mentioned here this morning. So so I am grateful for the opportunity to speak from uh, Romans 10 this morning. So let's... Let's get right into God's word here. Um, oops, am I going the right way? Okay, how clear is that? Okay, good, clearer than here, that's fine. If you're able, please stand and we will read uh, Romans 10 verses 13. We're gonna start from 13, go right on to the end of the chapter, verse 21. And... For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how are they to call on him in whom they've not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they've never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. But I ask, have they not heard? Indeed they have, for their voice has gone out to all the earth, and their words to the ends of the world. But I ask, did Israel not understand? First Moses says, I will make you jealous of those who are not a nation. With a foolish nation, I will make you angry. Then Isaiah is so bold as to say, I have been found by those who did not seek me. I have shown myself to those who did not ask for me. But of Israel, he says, all day long I have held out my hands to a disobedient and contrary people. May God bless the reading of his word. Let's take a moment to pray. Father, we want to ask that your Holy Spirit be here this morning, speaking to each of our hearts. Guide my words, guide my lips, so that you may be glorified in all that happens in this sermon here, in this examination of your word. We commit it all to you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Please have a seat. 
Faith comes from hearing. That's verse 17. Here, whoops. Oh, someone else is doing this for me. Wonderful. <laughs> faith comes from hearing. In order to respond in faith, you have to hear about the good news of Jesus Christ, right? And um, that just makes sense. It's not rocket science. Uh, but in order to, uh, for someone to hear the good news, someone has to tell the good news of Jesus, clearly. Now, those of you who were, oh, where are we now? There it is, good. Still figuring out the pad here, sorry. Those of you who were last, here last week heard uh, Pastor Terry's sermon, and he told a story about of Christian in Kenora who received an email that uh, said, I would like to get to know God, but I don't know where to start. Can you help me? And Terry then challenged each of us, what would you say? Please don't forward it, that email to him or to one of the staff. What would you do? How would you respond to that email? Now, I want to carry that illustration a little bit further this morning. Uh, suppose that for some reason, you don't respond at all. Maybe you look at this email and go, oh, okay, you, you flag it and say, yeah, I'll, I'll get to this later. And it gets buried deeper and deeper in the inbox until you're so embarrassed you don't respond at all. What happens? What happens next? Now, in North America, the person who sent that email could contact another church, another Christian. There are, there are people around, right? But... Um, Maybe they won't. Maybe they won't. Maybe they'll say, well, okay, maybe it's not so important after all. Since faith comes from hearing, if she does not hear about Christ, how can she put her faith in him? I'm thankful for my own experience that, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm thankful for my own experience that I grew up hearing the gospel uh, every week in church. Uh, my mother was a Christian um, and uh, took us to church, and it took a long time, really, even hearing the gospel, for the gospel to penetrate my heart. I thought for the longest time that it was about being good, right? And Perry, Terry has uh, preached about grace. I love that uh, series on Galatians. That is by grace. And the whole book of Romans, it's about grace. But it took me a long time, and I was finally set free from legalism. My life is an example of faith comes from hearing. Now let's look at this passage in a bit more detail here. There is what we might call a chain of causation here in this, uh, in this passage. All who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. But in order to call upon the name of the Lord, you have to believe. And in order to believe, you have to hear the good news. And in order to hear, someone has to tell the good news. And in order for someone to tell the good news, they need to be sent. There's this chain of causation here. Um, but this chain can be broken in several ways here. If I can get this going. For example, what if 
someone is never told the good news of Jesus Christ clearly. Suppose that message never comes. Now, in our Canadian context, it is possible to hear, oh, and let me ask, is it possible to hear the good news of Christ? If someone wants to know about Jesus, can they find it out? Yeah, yeah, thank you for responding. Yeah, you can, it's, it's all over the place here, right? There are churches, there are Christians, there are billboards, I saw a number of billboards on the way to Steinbeck on, uh, on Friday. There are radio stations. On my phone, there are 67 translations in English of the Bible through one app. So the Bible, the good news is available here. Access to the good news in Canada is not the problem. What is the problem here? Confusing messages conflicting, competing messages about what is life, what's life about, what is important in life, what is good, who is God, who is Jesus, and is this good news really good news? Now, it's easy for someone who's looking at all these messages to get confused. Someone searching has to sift through all of these competing messages. So we, as Christians, need to tell the good news clearly. And we need to express it as good news. And we sang about it this morning. Some of the songs just um, so clear as to what the gospel is and why it's good news. Were you listening? Now, do we really understand how good and even vital this good news is? Or is it just nice for us, but sort of an option for others? Granted, every person needs to make their own choice. We can't force it on anybody. But do we see it as essential that we express, that we tell the good news of Jesus Christ in a way that those who hear can make that choice well? If you're not sure about that, if you're not sure about how to do that, listen again to Terry's sermon from last week. Talk to Terry or uh, or Doug or Rudy or myself or dozens, hopefully hundreds of other people in this congregation. We can tell you why the good news is good. But I would like to contrast the, uh, the Canadian context with the rest of the world. Uh, here, the chain might be broken not because uh, it, it, someone for, doesn't tell them, but because there is nobody there to tell them. Some of these countries represented up here, there are people groups with no Christians or very, very few Christians. Someone who would want to send that email, I want to know God, and I don't know where to start, would have nobody to send that to. They wouldn't know who to send it to. Brenda and I worked in Thailand. Um, We went to a province for our last 10 years there where at the beginning, we were the only missionaries in that province. 
there were about three, at that time there were about 300 Christians out of 750,000 people in that province. Imagine the city of Winnipeg with only 300 Christians. That, and, and they were spread out, not in one room, but they were spread out over a, a fairly large area. Of the 16 districts in the uh, province, only four had churches. And we were, hope, we were working in hopes of seeing a church planting movement begin, especially in the unreached districts. And there are, there are now missionaries there who are working alongside of the church to see that happening. And, and there is growth in the church there, but it's slow, it takes time. There are nearly 2 billion people in the world, 1.85 billion people in the world, who live in frontier people groups. Now, don't, don't confuse people groups with nations, with countries. The flags represent countries, right? But within each country, for example, within India, there are thousands of people groups, distinct ethnic groups, distinct people groups, the caste, will caste system divides people up as well. There are thousands, and many of those have no witness to the good news of Jesus Christ. None. There are barriers, such as language, culture, geography, social status, social barriers, persecution. All of these separate them from knowing and communicating with any followers of Jesus. And in each of these uh, people groups, represented by 1.85 billion people, there are less than one Christian out of every thousand, 0.1%. Similar to the statistics that I was telling you about the province we worked in, Ayutthaya province. Some years ago, I was telling about my experience in China with a, a group, and Afterwards, a young Chinese Christian woman came up to me. And uh, I was so excited to meet a Chinese Christian because I had been talking about China and I'd been in China for a year already at that point. And, uh, and so I asked her, did you get to know this good news of Jesus when you were in China or after you came to, this was in the United States? And she said to me, when I was in China, I knew there was a God, but no one there could tell me about him. And she was from Shanghai, which is one of the cities where there are proportionately more Christians than just about any other large city in China. In addition to in looking a little bit broader, there are what are called unreached people groups. Now, when we talk of, in missions, when we talk about the unreached, we're not necessarily talking about your neighbor across the street. Uh, they, they, we're talking about access, okay? Not people who haven't heard, or not people who have heard but have not responded, but we're talking about people who have no chance to hear the gospel, or little chance. 40% well, it says 60% of all non-believers um, have few followers of Jesus in their own people group. There are, uh, the definition of an unreached people group is basically this. 
that there are not enough Christians in that group to be able to, uh, to reach the rest of the group. And there's some statistics here. Um, you know, just 50 of these largest, the 50 largest of these uh, unreached people groups, there's 1.5 billion people, right? Unreached people groups make up 40% of the world's population, but less than one in 10 missionaries go to work among unreached people groups. Most of our missionaries go to, uh, to, to people groups where there are Christians, and we're equipping the people. That's still necessary, but your role is very different there. I'm thankful at White Ridge to see of the missionaries sent here. There are peop- some of the missionaries sent to unreached people groups. I praise God for that. Now, I could flood you with stories and statistics, but the basic fact is that for 40% of the world's population, there's little access to the gospel of Jesus. Little chance they will hear about Jesus even once in their life, clearly. Oswald J. Smith said, we talk of the second coming, but half of the world has never heard of the first. I'm reminded of a story from the Old Testament. This is not a story you're going to hear in Sunday school, because it gets a little bit gruesome at points. Um, It's from 2 Kings chapter six to seven, and it's a story of the city of Samaria. Remember that Israel had separated from Judah. The capital of, of Samaria was, or uh, of Israel was Samaria. But the city of Samaria was under siege. Nobody went in, nobody could go out. The Aramean army had surrounded them. And it was, it was pretty bad. I mean, I'm not even gonna tell you how bad it was. You have to go and read that for yourself. But um, at the gate of the city of Samaria, there were these four lepers. And they're sitting around, they're starving to death like everybody else. And they look at each other and say, what have we got to lose? If we stay here, we're going to starve to death. But if we go to the Aramean camp, they might kill us. Yeah, that's a possibility. But they might let us live, and we might even get some food. So the next morning, they get up, they go out to the uh, Aramean camp, and there's no one there. And they go in and they, hello. <laughs> you can imagine, they're, they're expecting their heads to get chopped off, something like that, and they open the first tent, another, food. There's food right there, and wine, and so they start feasting and eating all this food, and they find gold, and they find silver, and they start stashing that away, and then, you know, they go on to the next tent, and they grab some more food, and they're, oh, yeah, they're loving this, and, and what had happened was the night before, the Aramean army had heard the sound of chariots and horses and this great army coming upon them. They, they cried out in fright, the Hittite army is coming to attack us. And they all fled. They were all gone. And they left everything there. So that's what the lepers found. So these lepers are going from tent to tent to get some food. And then one of them says, 
they said to each other, this is not right. This is a day of good news, and we aren't sharing it with anyone. If we wait until morning, some calamity will certainly fall upon us. Come on, let's go back and tell the people at the palace. Tell them of this good news. Now, like those lepers, you and I are faced with a choice. How important is it that we tell others that the enemy has been defeated and a feast is waiting for them? How important is it that we, is it that we tell them about Jesus, the hope of the nations? A pastor named Dave Davidson has said, if you found a cure for cancer, wouldn't it be inconceivable to hide it from the rest of mankind? How much more inconceivable to keep silent the cure from the eternal wages of death? So let's look again at what the lepers said. This is not right. This is a day of good news, and we aren't sharing it with anyone. Suppose they said that to each other, and then they decided, well... They'll figure it out eventually. It really isn't so bad in the city, uh, after all. Or, or, you know, they're not going to believe us. You know, no Arameans in the camp? Ah, come on, they're not going to believe this. And so they just continue on with their feast. What would you think? Or would you come to their conclusion, it is not right, and then act on it? Brothers and sisters, don't we have a treasure worth far more than what those lepers found even? This world is under siege in need of the good news of Jesus more than ever. And if you don't think so, then maybe you underestimate the brokenness of this world. And maybe you underestimate just how great the hope is that Jesus holds out for us. Now, I don't want to undervalue the daily challenges that all of us face in living out our faith. There are family challenges, work challenges, relational challenges, financial challenges, emotional challenges, all of this coming at us all the time, and we think, oh, I I don't have time for this. But, I, I mean, I know those are important, but this hidden treasure that, that God has given us is not intended to be held on to. It's not something that we just kind of hide. But you hold out that flame of life for others to see. This little light of light, well, we've done this before in this congregation, this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. You know that, right? Maybe we don't sing that enough. Put that in the rotation. No, just kidding. (laughs) Now, this does not mean that everybody picks up and goes overseas. Don't misunderstand me here. But there are ways that all of us can be involved in God's cross-cultural work throughout the world. And uh, I have a booklet here. 
called Six Ways to Reach God's World. This is available online here. You can look at the, the top that line there and see that. Uh, there are many ways that we can be involved. We can go, certainly. And uh, if we go, uh, let's see, where am I? Yeah. yeah. Remember that how we go and who goes has changed. Did you know that there are now more cross-cultural missionaries, Christian missionaries, from the global south, what's called the global south or the majority world, than from the west? That would include missionaries from India, from the Philippines, from Korea, from Nigeria, from China, from the globe, from Brazil, They've got it. They know this is such a treasure. We can't just hold on to it. That's happening more and more. Now, the role of the missionary has also changed, okay, because the, the context has changed. There are fewer and fewer places where you, can, where you go where it'll be like, uh, like it was 100 or 200 years ago. But the cities around the world are an important place to reach. We can welcome others. And uh, I do want to, you know, there are maybe a quarter of the population of Winnipeg was born in another country. You know that? A quarter, 25%. Many of those places where you can't hear the gospel very easily. You can just cross the street and you'll be doing cross-cultural missions. And uh, I want to mention that you can be part of that through the English Conversation Circles on Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock. We are especially in need of volunteers, women, to help lead the women's tables. And you don't have to be a, a professional teacher or anything like that. It's conversation. And if you know anybody who wants to learn English, who wants to improve their English as they're, uh, as they're new to Canada, you can invite them and say, let's go together. That's the best way. Okay, and, and so there's some, some great opportunities there. And that's only one opportunity in this church as well as throughout the world. And I just want to take a moment here for all of you who come from many countries, from these countries and maybe others that are not represented by this. Thank you for being here. We need you. We need you here. You teach us so much about the gospel. You teach us so much about life. Welcome. Thank you for being here. Other ways we can be involved in, uh, in what God's doing around, we can send either by supporting or assisting through uh, uh, IT, through looking after kids. Uh, when a missionary comes back, there are ways we can host them and uh, when they're on, on uh, home assignment, there are many ways we can send. We can mobilize, get other people engaged in what God's doing around the world. We can pray. So for example, I have this booklet here, Praying for Thai Buddhists, and I have this for many different people groups in, in East Asia. So uh, yeah, you can take this. I'm assuming everybody here prays. All the Christians in the room here pray, right? 
Just add this to your prayer list. I'm going to pray for, and just take one, prayer, one people group and pray for that people group. Or one people group per day. You can go to prayercast.com. That's easy, prayercast.com. And there are videos there of prayers for people from every nation around the world, and there are people from those nations who actually say those prayers, who actually pray for their own people. So you can use those to learn how to pray more. Uh, In addition, there is learning, and my last little thing that I wanna hold up here, perspectives. I do coordinate perspectives course, learning about missions. Um, I coordinate it here in Manitoba. If you want to know more about this, or this, or this, please see me after, or just missions in general, please see me afterwards, okay? All right, so we've been looking now at people who have not heard for some reason or other, but there are other ways that that chain can be broken. Verse 18 points to one that says, or verse 16 says, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. Now, those who hear have a choice. They can believe or not believe. And we all know people like that. We all grieve for people we know and love who have not responded to the gospel, who have not said, yes, Lord, it's worth it following you. The word for obey here literally means to come under uh, what they've heard. So it's linked to the hearing uh, verbs that we've been heard. This is a very loud, if you will, passage with, ta- with words like call, uh, hear, tell. I mean, it's, it's a very verbal uh, passage. Now, There may be many reasons that the people we love have not turned to the gospel. Maybe it was in the way it it was told or maybe they had other things on their mind. Maybe it was the competing messages. There's many possible reasons. But we need to be faithful in communicating the gospel, not once, but many times. Uh, Say it in Thailand that it takes 50 times of hearing the gospel for someone to respond in faith. And we also need to pray. We need to pray that Satan will not steal the seed away. We need to pray that uh, the the roots of their faith will go deep. And we will need to pray that they will not be, their faith will not be uh, choked out by the cares of this world. So I would like to advertise a, uh, a discussion group we're going to have in November. It's gonna start in November, hopefully we'll continue it in the spring, but November 4th, 11th, 18th. The first one we're gonna be looking at, uh, well, all of these is based on a video series by Monty Cox uh, called Significant Others. It's available on Right Now Media, if you wanna just look at that, but be part of the discussion group. And the first one is an introduction. Does God hear their prayers? And then the second one we'll do is an, on Islam, and we have Pastor Moheb from uh, Lighthouse Evangelical uh, Church here in Winnipeg, Evangelical Arabic Church in Winnipeg, coming to help answer questions. And then we'll have one on Hinduism. I'm hoping to have somebody to help answer questions that day as well. 
So please, if you're interested in knowing more about how to reach those around you who come from around the world, please come to these discussions. Now, we also need to look at this, que- this uh, one verse. This is part of the section on not all have believed, but it does link back to not all have heard. And Paul asked the question, well, hasn't, hasn't everybody heard? You know, there are a lot of people who assume that all people in the world have heard about Jesus Christ, which is not, I mentioned already, it's not true. But Paul says, have they not heard? And indeed they have. For their voice has gone out to all the earth and their words to the ends of the world. Now, I want to distinguish between how Paul is using this verse and how it was originally used in Psalm 19. Paul is specifically here talking about the Jewish nation, the the people of Israel. And he is uh, saying, all of Israel has had the chance to hear the messianic promise. And the the word of the good news has gone out. The the rumor of Jesus has, has penetrated all of Israel at this point. Now that may not be as true today as it was 2,000 years ago, but uh, there are many examples. Uh, when, when Paul is talking with, with King Agrippa, he says, you, you know this. It hasn't been done in a corner. And uh, so uh, you, I just need you to hear the real, the full gospel. But think of it this way. It's almost this picture of God begging the, uh, the, the people of Israel to turn to him. Verse 21 says that. Do I have 21 up here? No, I don't. Verse 21 says, of Israel, he, he says, all day long I have held out my hands to a disobedient and contrary people. Think of it this way, as God begging the people of Israel to come to me, come to me. But they would not. Think of Jesus weeping over Jerusalem, saying, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who killed the prophets and stoned the messengers sent to you. So many times I've wanted to gather your children like a a mother hen gathers the, the chicks, but you would not. And we all know people like that, that God is calling out to. And so, a couple of weeks ago, no, it was just a week ago, I was talking with a, uh, a man, and he, he asked a really good question. He said, why doesn't God just accept everybody of any faith? And I, I said to him, you know, that's a great question. When God says, come to me, that's an invitation for everybody. That invitation does go out to anybody of any faith, but you have to come. It's like, I don't know, how many of you are children of the 70s? Go ahead and raise your hands. How many of you know the ultimate Fleetwood Mac breakup song of the 70s? All right? You can go your own way. Yeah, you know that song. There is a line in that song It goes like this, if I could, baby, I'd give you my world. But how can I? 
when you won't take it from me. Do you hear God in that, in that sentence? Now, God does not go on to say, you can go your own way, right? But he does say this. If, uh, if, you, if I could, I'd give you my world. I'd give you everything. But how can I when you won't take it from me? God continues to hold his arms out to us, calling us to himself. Now just in these last few verses of the uh, chapter, God talks about Israel and he talks about the Gentiles also. And when we look at this verse here, have they not heard, their voice has gone out to all the earth and the words to the end of the world. In the original Psalm, in Psalm 19, this is talking about general revelation. You look at nature and you can see, yeah, God has revealed so much of his power, of his divine nature, Romans 1, to the whole world, right? And in addition, God has in many ways revealed himself specifically to different cultures. In Thailand, we use this story from Thai history about a queen named Suryotai. And, and this queen, uh, at this time, uh, Burma and Thailand were at war. They're going on their elephants to war, to battle. She disguises herself as a man and hops on her elephant, goes to battle. She sees the king of Thailand, the king of Burma, fighting one another. And the king of Burma has his, his uh, sword raised and he's about to strike the king of Thailand. She drives her elephant in between them and receives the fatal blow. Sacrifices herself for the nation. So that all of the, the nation can remain free. And that's a picture of what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. And there are many other examples. Don Richardson has written a book called Peace Child, Eternity in Their Heart. Those, those books are really good in exploring how God has revealed bits of himself around the world. And yet, yet even with these uh, revelations, there is still a need to know Jesus. Think of Cornelius in uh, Acts chapter 10, where, where Cornelius is this Roman centurion and he's, he's working in, in Israel and he's, he's trying to uh, you know, understand, he's trying to follow God as, as much as he can. And an angel appears to him and says, you know, you need one more thing call to Joppa, to this man named Peter, he's gonna come and give you some good news. About, and, and so Peter comes, he tells the good news. Cornelius and his whole family turn to Christ. And that is the beginning of the Gentile church. And it was quite a scandal at the time for the, uh, for the, for the leaders in Jerusalem. But God in his mercy, reached out to Cornelius and brought him in. Faith comes from hearing. Much of the world around us 
Even uh, much of the world, even the world around us has not heard. But barriers are being crossed, even in the midst of a worldwide pandemic. I love the quote from... uh, I love the quote from uh, the Narnia series, C.S. Lewis. And there is a movie about C.S. Lewis coming up November 3rd. Uh, Look into it. Uh, But there's this quote that says, Aslan is on the move. And God is on the move right now. Millions are coming to Christ, even in places like Thailand, in China, Iran, elsewhere in the Muslim world. There are an estimated 1,350 church-planting movements with 70 million new believers in 2.8 million new house churches over the last few years. On my phone, I can access the Bible in about 1,400 different languages. The Jesus film has been translated in 1,900 languages. The tools are there. God is on the move. The Holy Spirit is on the move. And it is no longer the West to the rest, as I said earlier. But the face of missions and the role of missionaries has changed. But crossing cultural and linguistic barriers is still as needed as ever to bring the gospel to those who have no chance to hear the gospel and thus no chance to put their faith in Christ. So, all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved, but they can't call on him if they haven't believed, and they can't believe unless if they've heard, and they can't hear unless someone goes and tells them, and they can't, we can't go and tell unless we've been sent. You are now officially sent. Right? Okay. Uh, basically, all who are called to be children of God are sent as the light in the world. So who's going to go? And how will God use you for the good news of his kingdom? Finished with this quote from C.T. Studd. If Jesus Christ be God and died for me, then no sacrifice can be too great for me to make for him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this good news of Jesus Christ. We thank you that you are on the move throughout this world. We thank you that you love people around the world and you love the people around us here in Winnipeg and you hold your hands out to them day after day after day saying, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. Come to me, I will give you hope. I will give you life. I will give you a a true freedom. Oh, Lord, help us to value this good news enough to tell those around us. And we pray, Lord, you will enable us and strengthen us to that purpose as witnesses to your glory. Be with each person here today. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.